fierce ladies, welcome to the Moms in Real Estate podcast, where we unleash our unapologetic power to share the raw truth of our journeys. Brace yourself for a dose of empowerment, education, and encouragement like never before. I'm Kristen, a relentless entrepreneur obsessed with connecting and uplifting fellow boss babes. In this podcast, we're all about getting down to business, conquering motherhood, nurturing relationships, and so much more. Get ready to dive into the nitty gritty, embrace the hustle, and unravel the secrets of success in the world of real estate. We're here to ignite your fire, equip you with the knowledge, and unleash your limitless potential. Tune in as we redefine what it means to be a true boss babe. Welcome to another insightful episode of Moms in Real Estate. Today, we have a remarkable guest who's dedicated to empowering women in the real estate industry and transforming their financial futures. Please join us in giving a warm welcome to Sarah, the founder of Real Estate Wealth Planning. With her financial planning firm, Sarah goes above and beyond to assist women in real estate and their families in building and implementing financial plans that are tailored to their busy lives. She understands the unique challenges and demands faced by women in the industry, and her expertise helps them navigate the complexities of wealth management with confidence. In this episode, Sarah will share her invaluable insights, practical strategies, and her passion for empowering women in real estate to achieve financial success. Get ready to be inspired as she dives into the intersections of real estate finance and unique challenges faced by women in their pursuit of financial independence. So grab your favorite beverage, sit back, and get ready for a thought-provoking conversation with Sarah, where we'll uncover the secrets of building a solid financial foundation and thriving in a dynamic world of real estate. Welcome to Moms in Real Estate, Sarah. Hey, Sarah, how are you? Hey, I am well. Thanks for having me. How are you? Uh, I'm so glad you're here. You guys, I'm really excited that Sarah's here because Sarah flew out recently to my Flourish event and it was so cool to meet her in person. And now we're going to dive into her story on the Moms in Real Estate podcast. So Sarah is not in real estate, but she is in real estate just in a different way than you think. So Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, thank you for having me. Um, I love that you have this podcast because um, I work with a ton of moms in real estate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm a mom like sort of in real estate. I mean, you know, I'm a real estate investor. My husband um, is a real estate um, professional um, agent uh, broker here in Austin, Texas. Um, and most of my clients um, are real estate people. Um, so I'm a certified financial planner um, and owner of real estate wealth planning. Um, which is a financial planning firm. Uh, I work with people all over the country, um, except Nebraska. That's a long story. <laughs> um, but uh, I launched this firm um, in 2020 when uh, we were all kind of like, you know, reevaluating our lives mid-pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I was pregnant with my third child um, at that time and decided that I was kind of ready for uh, a change. I was working for you know, the man in a corporate America doing investments. Um, and it was a great, great company, but um, it was time for me to do my own thing and, and work with families. And um, the interest, there's a funny, there's two funny stories um, that I'll probably touch on at some point. Um, one of which is uh, when I was doing my certified financial planner training, um, I did so when I was like still working at a company and they were paying for it, which was super, super sweet. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it over a couple of maternity leaves, my first two maternity leaves. Um, I actually finished my um, certified financial planner like exam um, or the like the coursework while I was having pre labor contractions <laughs> with my second kid. Um, I like was like working on this project and then was like, oh crap! Uh, I think the baby's coming. Well, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I'll tell you that you know, in the seven years we've been doing this podcast, I have a book full of stories of women when they're giving labor, mm-hmm. doing all kinds of work related things that I'm like, I cannot believe you are doing that in the hospital. <laughs> so now you just added a page to my book. So thank you. Yeah. 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 No, I know. I mean, I work with, you know, women who are like mid transaction having their fifth child. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's which is not me. Uh, so what, what made you so interested in focusing on, uh, females, moms in real estate? Um, I know that that is the majority yeah. of your clientele and that's definitely who you market to. Um, is that because you're passionate about a real estate investing? Is it because your husband's in real estate? Like why that route? Yeah, so it definitely started because my husband's from real estate, and then the interest just grew based on um, what I learned. Um, I mean, you know, real estate, if you're a mom, um, particularly for someone who's changing careers, which a lot of a lot of agents are, um, you know, it's one of the best ways to create wealth, um, particularly for women, um, I, both as just on the sales side and the commission side, because it's uncapped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a, it's a phenomenal way for women, particularly who are in some kind of transition um, or who just want to supplement their, you know, their spouse's income or if they're single, obviously supporting their family. Um, so it started there. Then uh, the reason why I really focused on real estate um, and particularly women is that there's not many financial planners that are women. It's I mean, there's like like one in four of us are women, um, roughly, which is still not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and there's a, basically no one that focuses on real estate. There's a small handful. There's like a couple of other really nice guys, but they are guys. Um, but the, the thing is my husband, um, he is a top producing agent. Um, he was at a big local brokerage, um, here in Austin and, um, another quote unquote financial advisor came in and did this presentation to all of the 10 million plus producers at that brokerage. Um, so big group of folks, probably 50, 60 um, top agents um, in this presentation. And long story short, she was just saying things that were blatantly false, like saying, oh, you know, if you invest in this thing, it will always go up. It will never go down when, you know, all of us that do investments of any kind know that there's a risk in return to everything. Like there's no free lunch, right, um, in the world. And so she was just saying all these things that were like false <laughs> to this group um, of people who didn't know any better and didn't know like how to vet um, financial advice. And so that brokerage then had me come in before I even launched my company um, and just have me teach uh, the agents about how to find good financial services, like how to just how to be a good consumer mm-hmm. of financial services. Like if you're going to go find a financial advisor, like these are the questions you should ask kind of thing, like ask them how they're paid, etc. And from there, I interviewed a ton of agents, um, like 10 or 15 um, different agents, mostly women, um, because that's who likes talking to me and who I like talking to. (laughs) Um, And then from there, I just decided that I was going to serve primarily women um, in real estate. Um, It's evolved a bit. I now work with some retirees as well and pre-retirees. Mostly it's clients of agents. Um, When y'all are doing a 
kind of a complicated move up or move down transaction. Sometimes they'll bring me in. Um, yeah. Well, I yeah. love I love that because it's, you know, you you are still a baby business, you know, 2020, which I feel like so many people start their business in 2020. But what you did is you found a way to open the door to meet people and to teach. And that was through teaching. Right. So you're teaching them um, all these things. And in turn, that just puts you in this, you know, on a pedestal as far as an educator and somebody that they trust and want to use in financial planning. So I love that story because it can relate to any business, right? You're just trying to figure out what is that door that's going to open to allow me to build relationships with people that I want to build relationships with. So, and it's, I, I love the, I love helping um, women with money because it's something that I have struggled with. I have such a horrible mo money mindset, which I've said on this podcast a ton of times. And in 2023, one of my big goals was to just really exercise that. And so um, putting myself in rooms where we talked a lot about money and brought in experts in different areas was really important to me. So um, I'm, I'm so glad that we got connected to hear your take on it since you're passionate about it too. Have you always been passionate about uh, helping people when it comes to money? Hi, it's Barbara with Your Tax Coach, and we love helping entrepreneurs save money on their taxes. Here's a quick tax tip. Improvements to your property, whether it's your personal residence or an investment property, helps increase what's called your basis, and it will help you pay less in taxes when you sell the property. So don't forget to always improve your properties. For more info, follow us on Instagram at yourtaxcoach or go to our website, yourtaxcoach.com. I kind of have, actually. I didn't grow up with any money and my parents don't know jack about money. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But um, when, so I've been working, you know, since I was 16, except for, you know, a couple months here and there, right? Um, and uh, my first job, I was uh, a barista and made five seventy-five an hour um, in the early 2000s and was really proud of myself because minimum wage at that time was five fifteen. It's thir thir <laughs> over $13 right now. My niece told me last night, I was like, how much do you get paid wow. an hour? She's like, minimum wage. I'm like, what's minimum wage? She's like, 13, whatever. And I said, do you know, I used to make $2 and like 85 cents when I was serving tables and then minimum wage yeah. was $5, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 13 yeah. a lot. Yeah. So I just remember like, I, I remember having to like fill out the, you know, the tax document that's called W4. I didn't know that's what it was called back then. Uh, when I was 16 and I've just been fascinated with it since, um, I took this class, uh, my freshman year in college that I was like literally randomly assigned to, um, and it was a small group class uh, with a upper division professor um, called Credit Cards and American Debt. And I had to write like 30 pages about credit cards, my like literally when I was 18 years old. Wow. Um, and I mean, by the grace of God, I was put in that position. Seriously, <laughs> like, as horrible as that luck. sounds, I wish I would have had to write a 30, yeah. maybe like a two page paper on credit cards. I know. 30 pages. <laughs> Um, yeah. And so I was actually talking with a client yesterday. Um, they're actually professors at UT where I went to school. Um, and, uh, they teach other things, but they teach classes like this. Um, and this is 20 years ago for me. And, um, they asked me about their daughter who's 19, um, in a university. And they were like, you know, she's getting her first credit card. Do you have any tips? And they were like, what did you do for your first credit card? I was like, funny story. Because I had this class that I was in, 
um, I actually like went down to the local credit union, like the university credit union and applied for a credit card and they were, and it was actually like December of my freshman year. So I didn't do it the first week. Cause if you go to, you know, any university in the first week, they're like throwing credit cards at you. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I go down there, I fill out the application and they tell me, okay, here's your credit card and your monthly credit limit is a thousand dollars. This was 2003. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I only make $300 a month. <laughs> so I was like, can you lower my credit limit to $300? And they did. Oh, wow. Um, and that was like how I started building credit and didn't, you know, I paid it off every month <laughs> when I was like 18 or 19. Yeah. I mean, and those... The, learning that lesson at, at 18 is such a great, you know, I feel like there's different, different classes that I would take that stuck with me. But for the most part, probably over 90% of them just went in one ear, I tested and then out the other. And so I feel like totally having those good totally. core classes is so important. So you it's have, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to, I want to talk about, you have three kids under the age of five while you're building a business. That is hard. Yes. So hard. Yes. So tell me, how do you manage that? I'm lucky to have some people um, around me. Uh, That was less so the case in 2021, but for the last year or so, I've had kind of good good people. Um, So yeah, my kids are, uh, Lucy is five, um, just turned five. Um, Hank is almost four. Um, and Ruth is too. And uh, she is completely uncivilized and not in school yet. <laughs> so, um, like my like my kids are the type of kids that are like perfect at school. And then you take them to the YMCA child watch and they get kicked out after 15 minutes all the oh, time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ask me why that's on my mind today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so we have an au pair, uh, currently that lives with us. Um, but we only, only have her another six weeks. And so, um, and then we're going to be kind of on our own. Um, in the so fall. you don't get it. I, I, this whole thing is so crazy to me. So one of my friends has an au pair and every year she gets a new one. Like it's there, they, they only come for a year. And so then at the end of the year, they, you know, have a new one come in. I'm like, what if you really love your au pair? And she's like, it just doesn't work like that. Um, but it it's so fascinating to me. Like, do you, is it weird to have somebody else living in your house? No, because I mean, it depends on like, obviously how your house is set up. Mine yeah. is big enough that, you know, she has her own kind of like bathroom and room and she's super quiet. <laughs> so she's great with the kids. Um, but yeah, you definitely have to like interview like really well. I've known people, all of our, we've had three um, and they've all been, pretty quiet, um, in the house and they've been, you know, 23 or so years old. Yeah. I have heard that people who get au pairs, they're like 18 or 19, that it can be really different because they like constantly want to hang out with you. Yeah. Um, I always but, uh, imagine ours, when I think of an au pair, very professional. when I think of an au pair, I think of an older lady. I don't know why. Yeah. It, it's, it's weird. So in the U S um, there's it's regulated through the state department and so you have to be someone between the ages of 18 and 26 currently. okay yeah, yeah see i i know so. very very little about this i i very it's just very fascinating to me okay yeah. so i want to know i want to know like what do what would the majority of what would you say the majority of the women that you work with struggle with when it comes to money 
few things. Um, uh, other than, I mean, there is mindset, obviously. I'll probably touch on that. But um, probably the biggest one is understanding the value of liquidity. Um, and, and by that, I mean just like literally having access to money to make the choices that you want to make. Um, my, I mean, my company is called Real Estate Wealth Planning. And to me, the definition of wealth is not a number. It is the ability to wake up and do what you want to do every day. Um, and if you can do that, then you're wealthy and you could have, you know, $12 to your name <laughs> or you could have a bazillion dollars to your name. You know, some people that have a bazillion dollars are like clearly not happy. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so to me, it's that. And so um, keeping keeping that mindset, like as your North star, when you make decisions, both for your business and for your personal life, that to me is the most important thing. And it's also really, really hard to do objectively. Um, so I would say like, you know, we all, all of us have, you know, colleagues in our life or friends in our life or family members in our life that, you know, know a lot about us. Um, but you know, they're all relatively invested in us <laughs> and in the relationships that we have. Um, which is why I think it's really valuable to have external people who are not, you know, who love, who like you, but they're not like emotionally invested in the relationship with you. Yeah. Um, to kind of like call you on your, you know, your BS, um, <laughs> when you need, when you need a call. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, like the, the thing about liquidity is that when you, the way you build wealth is literally just by spending less than you earn. Um, obviously, you need to invest it properly, but investing is not magic and it's not going to solve your problems. Um, saving is kind of the only thing that solves your problems, um, which is like not news, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you just you have to be you have to be willing to care less about what other people think of you if you're going to spend less money. Um, and if you're going to build wealth and build liquidity, you have to be able to, you just have to care less about what other people. Do you yeah. find that a lot of your clients care a lot about what other people think, especially being in real estate, maybe feeling like they yeah. need to keep up with everybody else? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's natural. I mean, uh, it's not wrong. Like it is how we as a human species function. Like we are social people um, and we love talking you know, with mm -hmm. each other and showing each other the, you know, beautiful parts of our lives. So there's nothing wrong with it at all. Um, I do think that <clears throat> for those of us that are in real estate, it just is harder quite simply because you are physically placing yourself on a day-to-day -day basis in beautiful places, right? Mm -hmm. um, which again, absolutely nothing wrong with it. I mean, I tell people, um, as long as you don't have to compromise your values and how you spend your time, buy whatever thing brings you joy. Like if it's a vacation or a house or a car or a bag or college tuition for your kid or private school tuition for your kid, as long as you're not compromising your values um, and the relationships around you, you know, your money is yours. You know, spend it how you want to spend it. Yeah. So um, I want to end the podcast by asking you a fun question. If you were to go into business with any celebrity doing the current business that you are running, who would that celebrity be? <laughs> okay. 
so I did think of, a, of, of one. This actually, I thought this was going to be hard for me, but uh, the answer for me is Jennifer Garner. Oh, I um, like, I like her. Alias. I love her. Um, yeah. Primarily. And, and obviously she has nothing to do with financial planning, though I did just watch her show on Apple TV that was fascinating. Yeah. Um, but primarily she has this thing on Instagram she does called like fake cooking show or like pretend cooking show Uh huh. that I, that I think is like the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, you know, those like poppets that the kids play with. Yeah. Those little things. Um, like she did one on, um, like how you can take like a pouch and like squirt it into a poppet and then stick it in the freezer. And then your like kid has a frozen poppet snack. Oh, that's actually and awesome. I know. My kids love it. Yeah. Um, and so while she's obviously not in my industry, I think that just whenever you have, like, somebody joyful and, you know, clearly successful, like, on your team, then you're going to have a good time in business. Yeah, 100%. I, lo- I love that answer. And now, now I need to go follow her on Instagram because I don't follow her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And go, yeah, go get some a little whatever, make your kids some like yogurt, yogurt poppet snacks. Yeah. I, I do feel like I saw that on Pinterest or something, but I don't follow her. So it wasn't her. Yeah. So well, yeah, thank- fake, fake cooking show or pretend cooking show, like whatever. It is. Okay. I'm totally going to look it up. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Two ways. So um, Instagram, which I'm sure you'll link to is um, real estate wealth planning and there's underscores. Um, in there and then realestatewealthplanning.com um, and then email is sarah at realestatewealthplanning.com and happy to chat. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again. Bye. This is Barbara with your tax coach. One of my favorite tax tips is called a 1031 exchange. It's where you have an investment property and you sell it for a gain. You can take that gain and put it into a new investment property and pay nothing in taxes. For more info, follow us on Instagram at yourtaxcoach or go to our website, yourtaxcoach.com.